I'm Nicholas Bornels of Capitaling, and I would like to welcome you all to our new uh, podcast series, Riding the Waves of a Lifetime. Uh, this new series, uh, we are going to have the opportunity to uh, interact and discuss with industry, maritime industry leaders, who are going to share with us uh, life experiences, career achievements, and also their insight uh, on the industry's direction and outlook. We are delighted and honored to start this new series with Martin Wade, the CEO of Greenroad Shipping. Martin has over 40 years uh, experience, career in shipping, having worked for ship owners, ship operators, ship brokers in uh, London, New York, Johannesburg, and now in Singapore. And uh, as much as I would uh, like to, uh, I'm sorry, would cannot be together with Martin in the same room uh, to have this discussion in person. Still, modern technology gives us the opportunity to connect. Um, and Martin is in Singapore right now. I'm in New York. So I'm delighted that we have this discussion and we can kick off, kickstart uh, this um, new series. So Martin, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Nicholas. Delighted to be here. And very pleased that uh, and honored that you uh, you asked me to, to kick the series off. Really looking forward to it. Thank you, Martin. So as I mentioned, you have uh, an, more than 40 years uh, career in shipping, a long, rich, distinguished and successful career. How did it, how did it all start? How did you get into shipping? Pure chance. Uh, my brother and I were very fortunate. We, uh, our parents paid for a very expensive education. And in those days, it was six days a week at school, which meant playing sports six days a week as well. And uh, I probably enjoyed my time too much because when it came to my uh, final exams, my A-levels, uh, I didn't do quite as well as I should have. I didn't get them. So university wasn't an option. And therefore, once my father had calmed down, he was a very successful chartered accountant and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going to go out and work. And by pure chance, the family we knew who lived across the road, he was a Greek Cypriot ship owner, Tony Antonio, and he suggested shipping. And I immediately thought of Anassis, Niarchos, super tankers, millions of dollars. This sounds like a lot of fun. And he actually explained the other side of it, the ship broking and, and how, it, how it all works, the Baltic Exchange in London. And he gave me three uh, gentlemen to write to. Uh, first one was the boss of Clarkson, so the biggest broking company in the world. They declined me in 1977 because I didn't have a degree. We've, uh, we've had a laugh since, but they've obviously they've tried to employ me a few times over the years. And of course, now we happen to be rather large clients of theirs. The second one was Howard Holder, where the gentleman uh, was away on holiday. And the third one was a company called Van Omeren, which was the London office of an old established uh, Dutch company. And the boss, Peter Strutt, unknown to me, had got rid of his office junior the day before. And he wrote back, inviting me to come in in two days time for an interview. So being the 70s, I had shoulder length hair. So my mother took me to the barbers. I got short back and side. She bought me a suit and I went for an interview. I was employed as uh, office junior stroke T-boy. And when I say T-boy office junior, it was. And up until a couple of years ago, there was still a gentleman in the business whose sandwiches and uh, coffee I used to get in the mornings. He didn't remember, I did. So it was pure chance right at the bottom and you go from there. And, and it tends to be a lot of people tend to be, it seems to be an industry where you, you do need to know someone or, or, or someone introduces you or talks about it. So very lucky. Very interesting. 
So Martin, you have, as I mentioned, uh, more than a 40 year career in shipping, a long career, a very distinguished one. Uh, you've gone through a lot of cycles, ups and downs. What did you consider as some of the major milestones in your career? Um, I think that the first one was, was actually after 12 years in this company in London, deciding that I needed a change of career. And uh, my new wife at the time, we moved to South Africa, which was a, which was a hell of a thing, thing to do. I actually uh, applied for a company called SSY in Colombia. And, 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 and the partner said, no, 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 Colombia is too dangerous. Johannesburg is far safer. So we moved to Johannesburg and it was ha having the, the, the guts to actually step out of a very comfortable London lifestyle and, and, and go to South Africa. The next one was when this company, I wasn't made a partner, I set up my own broking company, very successful for 10 years. Uh, and then I was of course employed by Grinrod Shipping or, or Grinrod in those days. And, and then I became the boss of Island View Shipping in 2010, taking over from a, uh, an industry legend, Tim McClure. I then took over tankers a year later on the main board. And this culminated, one of my proudest moments was in on, as you were there, June the 18th, 2018, where the parent company spun us off, listed us on the NASDAQ, and we were all there on the NASDAQ floor with my with friends and, and my wife and daughters, and I rang the opening bell. So there's been a, a few milestones, but the first one was actually take getting out of the comfort zone and deciding, well, once you've done that, a new country, new culture, then you start to realize you can do anything if you've got the mindset to do it. Martin, again, during your career, you must have faced a number of important challenges. Um, if you can share with us, what would you consider one or two of the major challenges that you have faced and how did you overcome them? Well, on a personal basis, it's always bad bosses where, where you're in a company and, and if the chemistry isn't right and you've got to have the decision or, or the guts to kind of say, look, I've got to move on. You've got to try and keep your career moving, moving forward. Um, as an industry, it's probably been the last 10 years where after the boom times of the 2000s, we've had 10 truly awful years, especially in dry cargo and surviving through it. So while keeping the morale, the team together and, and doing everything, you know, trying to you know, outperform the market. And it has its stresses because of course you have a board of directors and people that don't necessarily understand shipping and convincing every, everyone to stay in. And as we now know, the market's looking an awful lot better. So I say personal was the bosses and the other one is purely you're always stacked up against the market. When it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's really bad as you know. Indeed. So since we're talking about challenges, Martin, if we move away from the personal side and we look at the, at the industry, what do you consider some of the major challenges that you're seeing uh, the industry is facing today and looking ahead? I think Corona is the big one whereby it's limiting uh, the social interaction, the travel. We're a business that uh, it's not so much what you know, it's who you know and the ability to meet people, get out on the road, build relationships, you know, shipping like insurance, you rely an awful lot on, on, on knowing, knowing the counterparty, the face-to-face. The, the -face. And from that comes maybe a little bit of insight into the market, what's going on. You can do it on Zoom, but it's nowhere near the same. So I think the longer this, this be it lockdowns or travel restrictions, it, it's gonna present problems 
especially to generations coming up, because how do the youngsters, A, get into the business and then, then build these relationships, yeah? If it all goes online and it's all done by AI, well, do you actually need individuals doing it? So, so that is that. And also, I think it's the burden being placed on, on ship owners to sort out the world's climate issues. In 90% of everything in, in the world moves by sea, was it 11, 12 billion tons? Uh, we, yes, it's 3% of the world's CO2. We can do an awful lot better than we will. But it seems to be always put on the ship owner. You must improve, you must buy modern ships, you must do this, you must do that. This is collaborative, it's got to be shared. And, and, it, and it's too much being put on us as opposed to ultimately it's the end user, the world has to pay. And we are part of it. And as owners, we will do our bit, but it's not purely us, but there's too much finger pointing at us at times. And, and, and I find that that's really quite upsetting because as shipping, we've come an awful long way over the last 30, 40. I mean, before my time, coal fired ships, now we're, we're pretty cutting edge at times. Yes, the fuel will be changing, but we're a pretty clean industry and we're doing everything we can. And it's just a matter of, this has got to, got to be a burden shared by everyone. Martin, I want to say that uh, I want to thank you um, and congratulate you for having strong, clear, and authoritative opinions. Because I think at the end of the day, the industry needs exactly these directive opinions. Uh, so, and I know that uh, you have voiced your, uh, your opinions and concerns. We have gotten a lot of positive publicity on that. And I think that's one of the things that the industry needs right now, a clear direction. But anyway, uh, Going to our next uh, topic of discussion, technology uh, is changing day by day. It's changing our personal life, our business life. And of course, the pace of change has accelerated with the pandemic. Looking back, what would you consider the biggest uh, or most interesting technological change that you have experienced in your lifetime? And then if we look forward, what do you think will be the next technological um, change impact on the industry? Well, during my career, it, it must have been email and the advent of the internet. Uh, email first, where suddenly, when I started, it was uh, telex machines. You had an order, you went in, into the telex department. You had to uh, be patient while the two or three telex operators would, would send out the order to uh, the orders. You then realized that if you, if you gave Tony, the, uh, the head telex guy, a bottle of whiskey at Christmas and, and read to the telex girl some of her perfume, your orders could go out ahead of your colleagues. It was very old fashioned and it was machine to machine. And then along came internet where suddenly it was free and then you could blast the world. And, and it was positive and, and negative because of course things began moving an awful lot quicker, but also as we have now where three, four, five, 10,000 emails a day. So we move very quickly. And then the advent of the internet where now what, in the old days would take a market six months to move now is instantaneous so so that's what i see going forward yeah there's there's a a lot of money billions and billions have been spent on on you know supposedly shipping is a backward industry and, and silicon valley is going to revolutionize us we're, we're pretty cutting edge internally i mean from a ship perspective these days we you know every 10 15 seconds our ship the data is reported back to our ship management people we can, from shore, can say, right, well, you only need two generators, not one, you can do this, you can do that. It's incredibly state of the art. From a day-to-day -day business point of view, um, it's, you know, 33% of the world's fleet is in Greek hands, average size owner, five and a half ships. 
everything's going to be put on the internet. So yes, all the trading houses, all the mining houses, all orders on the internet. No, it's, it's never going to happen. So it's still very much a, a human thing. Now, if you're a charter out there and you've got six orders, you're not going to put six orders on the market on the same dates. And likewise, as an owner, if you've got two ships on the same dates, it's still very much a people's business. And I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. So will there be revolutions? It probably will change, no doubt. But I think it will be driven from inside the industry by people who've been in it will suddenly say, well, maybe we can improve here or there. Yeah, I don't think it's, you know, Uber ships or Uber this. Or that. I, I think we're quite a long way from that. Martin, you really led into the next question uh, because we speak about uh, the human factor, we speak about technology. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, everybody talks about automation, the increasing role of automation. But at the end of the day, as you pointed out, to what extent can technology replace or supplement the human factor? I'm a little skeptical, um, maybe a little old fashioned, but the crew are very important. I mean, we employ hundreds of crew. They're vital to what we do, and we view them as part of the family. And, and so if you're chopping them, okay, so yes. I mean, when I started, there could have been 30 people on a ship. Now we're down to 21, 22. But also, if you're in our segment, you're having cranes, and do you have people to run the cranes, clean the holes? You, you can't get too skinny. But then going forward, all these savings will have automated so who gets the savings? I'll tell you one thing, the owner isn't going to get the savings. You know, we'll be forced to pass it on. It'll be the end consumer again. So I'm, I'm wondering about the, this agenda. And uh, I just saw on the news today about a driverless car in Texas that's very sadly has crashed and killed. I, I think you've probably got to get things like that sorted out before you, you want to be having driverless ships going around the world and, uh, and what might happen next. So never say never, but I, I think we've got more important things to concentrate on. and. Uh, and, and, and yeah, green shipping and how we go forward. And I'm not sure that automation is really should be that, that high up the line. I think there are, yes, being in Singapore with, with the ports, container port, automized, absolutely brilliant. But the actual ships is still the human, uh, human aspect as we saw with the Ever Given, where was it pilot error? There's still a human aspect, but again, automated ships going through the sewers, autonomous ships, I like to see it. So yeah. I think it's a bit of time yet. Martin, going to the next question about company culture. You are at the helm of a major and very successful shipping company. And uh, you, as the CEO, you set the tone. So I'd like to ask you, how important is uh, company culture for uh, a successful shipping company like the one you're running? And if there's a company motto that you are put forward and your team follows, what is it? hugely important because as you say right it, it comes from the top but what we do internally is also expressed externally as well so i run on a motto my word my bond which is the old baltic motto and we've always done that i've done that and the company does that you know literally shaking hands on a deal honoring every deal and and, and never ever wavering from that and and in return people know they can do business with us trust us and also the staff will put that forward. We want you know, honest, transparent people and happy people. People have got to be happy in the, in the office. It, it's, you know, as I said before, I, some of the challenges I've had on a personal level is where the boss is. And, and traditionally, you know, ship, ship brokers, most successful ship broker becomes the boss is generally a disaster. So you, you've got to learn. And I was, I was actually asked when I took over Island View by, by the chairman at the time, he said, 
your management style seems to work. Where did you learn it? And I said, so many bad bosses in the past. You learn what not to do. So you've got to have a happy company. And from that, that culture, it goes externally and how you deal with charterers and other owners with respect. Martin, since I've, I have had the, uh, the privilege to get to know you, uh, I want to, uh, to applaud what you said about the company motto being my word is my bond, because we live in a world of, a world of change. Uh, so it is refreshing to know that yes means yes, no means no. It, it's not possibly if and so on. Uh, and I, I have grown up with the same values, um, especially honoring your word. And I think uh, that's one of the many things that the industry appreciates in you and in uh, Green Road. Uh, so going now to the next question, the next topic, uh, shipping and, and global travel go together. Shipping is a 24 seven business. Of course, right now, um, given the situation, we have not been able to travel, but we're gonna go back to normality sooner or later. And uh, you travel all around the world all the time. So how do you manage to balance personal life and business life? You're referring to 2019 and before, my 58, 59 long haul flights uh, uh, every year, what, flight a week. Yeah, it, it, it was extreme. Um, as I say, it goes through because I think it's so important to meet people uh, and we had different facets of the business. From a personal point of view, having a great wife, fully supportive and family with it. As you rightly say, it's 24 seven, 365 days, and you need the support of someone there. And obviously I'm a little extreme because I live in Singapore, my wife lives in, in, in the UK. But you know, when, when we are together, it's very important and, and you make it work and you need that support that you can rely on. And, and someone that understands that they say, this is an all consuming business and of course, in the industry, maybe we might go for that swift half of a beer after work and six pints later. But some of it understands that every now and then we will go off the rails a little bit, but it's invariably with colleagues and and just supports. And 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 it's so important. And and in return, you 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 don't uh, you don't I'm not say play around. You just you behave and and you you become a rock solid uh, relationship. And my wife and I. 40 odd years now, and uh, you make it work. You need that 100%. Absolutely. So Martin, after having built such a long and successful career, if you reflect back, what kind of advice, advice would you give to a younger self, to your younger self? Do it all again. I look back and uh, it's been a fantastic business. It, it, it's one where you have to take chances the the changes over 40 years have been staggering that I could never have imagined but it's a business and and it's it's a career it's not a job shipping is a career but once you're in it you can have I've had maybe half a dozen jobs but within shipping shipping is my career and 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 you go and enjoy that and, and you make it work and yeah it's going to be different generations going forward because of course I was a member of the Baltic Exchange whereas a youngster you're on, on a on a on an exchange floor with 600 people you're making relationships unknowingly and, and growing up and it's a fantastic business and that will invariably change as more is online and digital but it, it's been a magnificent business and i've enjoyed every single minute of it martin if i can interject another question is there a moment in in time that you remember most fondly 
Yeah, I, 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 from a shipping perspective, I, I think it's got, got to be the listing on, on, on the NASDAQ where, where we're all together ringing the bell and where I thought where I'd come from and, uh, you know, Clarkson's turning me down. I didn't have a degree. Oh, Clarkson's were there, weren't they? They were there. With, of course, Clarkson's were, they earned a lot of money out of that. They were advisors, yeah. And it really is. It, it's a great business and you've got to believe and you've got to take your opportunities. People shouldn't be scared in this industry. I can't do it. As I said before, it's not so much what you know as who you know. If you don't know something, ask a friend. Pick up, this is the industry we're in. So yeah, you seize the opportunity because if you don't, someone else will. Thank you, Martin. So are there, let's say, a few values that you absolutely live by, uh, a few axioms that you implement uh, and you suggest everybody to follow? Yes, as an individual, whether you're a boss or, or an employee, you've got to be yourself. You've got to be natural. Uh, you, you can't have your uh, you know, outside office persona and inside office persona. You've got to be who you are, otherwise people will see straight through you. And, and with that, being honest, uh, looking people in the eye and trustworthy, because this is a very small business. A couple of calls, everyone can find out about everyone around the world. It's always the difference where you, you pick up the phone to someone and what's so-and-so like? He was all right. You pause for a millisecond. Yeah, okay, off the record. Oh, he's a great bloke. This is shipping, yeah. You've got to be natural. And, and on top of that, as I said, never ever forget where you came from, how this industry, you know, we're in here, it's our names. A lot of this is done on trust because they trust the individual and the company. So, so important. So never ever forget that. You can, you know, it can, it can take 10 seconds to trash a, a reputation and, and trust. You never ever get it back. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think um, you're absolutely right. We should never forget uh, where we come from. Uh, and I, I, I am completely 100% with you on that. So um, if I can ask you, if you look at your job, what is the hardest part of it? And what do you consider the best part of it? I, I think with, with the position now, of course, the hardest part is actually being away from the family, especially with, with Corona now where when I was traveling, I, I used to see my wife somewhere in the world every three weeks. So obviously that the last 15 months now has been very, very tough. So, so that, yes, you have Zoom calls, but th th that is quite tough at the moment. And it's not only me, it, it's a lot of people out there and, and, and not only in business, in, in, in private life as well. So I think that that's where the world has, uh, has changed. But conversely, shipping, as I said, is a career, doing a job that I love uh, with people, fascinating people. You learn something every day in shipping. Uh, I was taught uh, as a youngster, do not be afraid to ask questions. You're only allowed to ask once, make a note, but ask questions. And uh, if you don't know, ask questions, do not guess. And to this day, I can be in meetings and someone will say something. I put my hand up. Normally there's a look of shock horror. And I say, I don't understand what the person said. You're allowed to ask. You're always learning. And of course, if at times happens that the person didn't know what he was talking about, you call them out. You've got to. You you always learn in this industry, and never ever be uh, be afraid of, of asking. Yeah, it, it's a great business. Martin, last year, twenty twenty, has been a year of tremendous change across the world for everybody. So, if there's a new perspective that you got out of this year, what would that be? I think it goes back to family, friends, colleagues. And, and what we had in 2019 now 
it seems an awful long way away, doesn't it? We, what we took for granted, and, and I think how fortunate uh, we were through over many, many decades and getting to know, you know, you know how big in Japan we are and the relationships, how you get to know these people and friendships made for life in our industry. And I think looking back, it's made me appreciate and uh, hell, I haven't seen you in person now. My God, 18 months. I mean, it's nuts. We see a lot of each other on Zoom, but this is, this is, this is so important in our industry. And I think it really, you know, I, I can't wait to get back there because I think we will really appreciate just what we had and how important friendships and, and relationships are. Martin, I hope the first time we will get together again would be maybe in Singapore at the, the end of September or definitely the Green Road Party in Japan in October. So I hope so. an amazing event. Anyway, um, so if I can ask you, certainly you are, you know, at the position where you are, you must have received a lot of um, advice and suggestions over the years. Can you remember maybe the worst and the best you, you got in terms of advice? Well, I think the best, what, what was the question, uh, was to, to ask questions. But when I was very young, still 18, and I joined this company, and of course, you're always keen to ask, and I'd be going bugging some of the older boys, the 50, 60-year-olds, and there was one, Russell Long, really grizzled old guy, used to sit me down, and in those days, you could listen in on calls through the key and lamp system where you, you had this kind of earpiece to your, your ear. And, and you just said, ask questions. I said, only once. And so and you learn a lot. And, and it, was, it was the chance that people gave you. Some did, some didn't. I'm now in the position where, of course, we have the youngsters. I come across youngsters. You've got to give them the same respect, the confidence, and you move forward. The worst advice, why on earth are you leaving London? Why are you going abroad? You have a cushy life. Why are you leaving South Africa? What? It's always the case, isn't it, whereby... You know, you've got to push yourself. If your time or life goes very quickly, if you're not happy, be looking. Remember, it's not a job. We're in an industry. If, if one door closes, another opens in the industry. So, so don't, don't be scared to, uh, to, and if it means, in my case, shifting continents, lived on four continents, okay. And you, yes, you go there with trepidation. You've got to have a supportive family. But my God, you learn. And, and every time you think you know everything, you come up against people, you realize you don't, you're always learning and it humbles you, but also you learn and develop and you grab your opportunities. Martin, you've shared with us, and, and I thank you so much, a lot of your um, uh, life experiences and of course, career achievements. Uh, if you look back, uh, or rather, when we look at the younger generation, what advice would you give to them, to those who would like to enter uh, shipping and, and the maritime community? Well, it, it is a career, not, not a job. And, and, and it's not one that you kind of get into for a few years. Oh dear, the market's bad, let's get out, try something else. You've got to hang in there because there'll always be good times, bad times. And in fact, in shipping generally, we, we, we tend to enjoy ourselves. It's still an industry where say life gets back to normal, human interaction. It can involve a round of golf. It can involve a glass or two of wine. It, it's a social business. And so don't just view it as a job. It's a whole industry, it's a whole, whole career. And on that basis, you need a good memory and you gotta get on with people. It's just a, get, if you get on with people, you'll be surprised. With a smile, you get on with people, people trust you, they do business with you. If you annoy people, they won't do business with you. And, and, and we are really a people business and 11 billion tons, 90% of everything goes around the sea. And you actually look at people in our positions, it's, 
I don't think there's probably not even five, six thousand people are actually doing this business. It's a fascinating business and a, a wonderful at, at, at that. But you've got to get to know. And the moment with, with the youngsters these days, forget social media to a degree, get on the phone, speak to people, pick up the phone, talk. You're never going to become big mates by doing WhatsApp or any of the others. Get, get on the phone, build relationships. It might sound corny. What do you do on the weekend? Yeah, get to know people. It is so important going forward. You differentiate yourself. Indeed, indeed. Martin, I would like to thank you very much. We had a, a wonderful discussion. Now, as we are coming, as we're approaching the close of our session, I would like to ask you if you have any, uh, any closing remarks to share with us. Other one, so thanks to you, Nicholas, and the team. And dare I say, dry cargo is looking quite positive. It's uh, always got to be careful about black swan events and what could happen next. But uh, I think we potentially, it, it could be in for an interesting time. And I think for people entering the business and in the business, and it's what we need. So I'm really looking forward to the new, next few years. There's obviously gonna be massive change, but again, you, you put some, uh, some money on owners' balance sheets or in their wallets and new ships down the line, new technology, anything's possible. So we're, we're a fast evolving business. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the chance to talk, Nicholas. And well Martin, done to you, Annie, and the team. Of course, thank you very, very much. It has been really a privilege to start this new uh, podcast series with you. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Martin Wade is the CEO of Green Road Shipping. And this particular podcast series, Riding the Waves of a Lifetime, the objective is to have an informal discussion with industry leaders who are going to share with us uh, life experiences, career achievements, and of course, their insight on the industry's direction and outlook. And we are uh, privileged to uh, have this started with Martin. Martin, thank you for being with us. And again, thank you to everybody for, uh, for watching this uh, podcast. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you.